you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas! Oh, you gonna be all right? and the soundtrack whatever so we're here we made it we did it it is the unofficial official possibly still unofficial it's the damage laws the podcast the christmas holiday episode whatever thing who knows do we yeah i don't uh (laughs) i am adam griffin i'm here with rob christie and mark warren and today we're going to talk about some uh, couple holiday-themed movies, a couple current movies, and just generally have a fairly good time during this holiday season. We've got five movies to cover, so we're going to get on with it and cover the first one, a fairly recent movie uh, a couple of months ago. It became the highest-grossing Blumhouse movie of all time. Uh, something easy to uh, get us going here today. We're going to talk about <laughs> more weirdness on the soundtrack. That's I don't I don't I don't know what's going on. We're going to talk about Five Nights at Freddy's. That's right, the one movie Rob Christie absolutely did not want to see this year, and I asked him to for the sake of the podcast. And now we're here. We're talking about it. So that being said, Rob, what did you think? I I was ready to, if I may put it politely, shit all over this movie. Like I was very ready to not like this movie because uh, I don't care for the source material. And we're going to keep the discussion to just not liking the source material because otherwise I'm going to get into a bunch of shit that ain't nobody got time to talk about right now. But, uh, as it turns out, the movie did a much better job of using jump scares to get you than any of the video games ever have. The video games are just are just pure jump scare. That's it. They do they set you up in the room, you know, and hit you with all kinds of bullshit. And the movie uh did those sparingly enough that they were actually good instead of it just being wall to wall jump scares to the point where like you still get jump scared, but you're kind of mad about it because you're like, God damn it. I should be used to this by now. I should know what's coming. Uh, also animatronics are terrifying. doesn't matter what they look like. Uh, it doesn't matter what the context is. They're just terrifying to behold. Anybody who is old enough to have ever gone to a Chuck E. Cheese or a Showbiz, uh, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> but uh, that said, pretty good movie. If you've got, uh, oh, where the, where the hell did I watch that? Peacock, I think. Yeah, if you have Peacock, Peacock and uh, the idea of watching a movie about uh, animatronics, terrifying animatronics appeals to you. Uh, you watch Five Nights at Freddy's. You'll you'll be 
you'll be happy about it. The only, the only thing that I, I there, one of the reasons why I kind of wish it wasn't good is because there is zero percent chance that that does not become fran- a franchise. Like there's no way it, it made too much money, and since they did an actual good job with it, I can't even be mad that it's going to be a franchise. So you know, f me, I guess. <laughs> you brought it on yourself. Yeah, you wanted it to be bad. It turned out to be good. So you should just don't <laughs> march into anything with those kinds of expectations. Don't ever say stuff like, "Man, I want this to be good" or "I want this to be bad," because either way, you're going to be disappointed. So just don't do it to yourself. Take some advice from me. <laughs> In this All singular instance, <laughs> don't ruin the experience before you have the experience. Bingo. Yeah, I was I was uh, surprised at this movie. Um, I was interested in seeing how they would adapt. Uh, anytime there's an adaptation of the sort, whether it's a book or video game or remake or anything like that, um, there's always the perception that it has to be a one-to-one recreation of the source material. And no, that's not what it has to be. It's an adaptation. It adapts the material for the medium that it's working with. You know, there's going to be changes right out the jump. Um, I think for this, most importantly, it was like, I liked the tone of it. Uh, very straightforward. You know, it didn't throw any sort of narrative curveballs at all. Uh, some people might have an issue with the dream logic. Well, that's the point. It's part of the story. You have a main character that can't sleep uh, and they are affected by a previous trauma. So they're looking for ways to get through it and they come across this idea that you can relive your past and fix things through dreams. And for Five Nights at Freddy's, that completely works. Because what do you have occupying uh, those animatronics? The souls of dead children. So, bleak stuff for what is gateway horror, and we'll get into uh, that whole concept of gateway horror later. But there is an underlying element of trying to fix what happened before. You have to bring the children to animatronics piece. You have to come to terms with what happened uh, with this family and the disappearance of the little brother. So it's all, all the elements are in conversation with each other to provide an endpoint. Um, this movie surprised me in the sense that it took advantage of something that is kind of undercurrent in uh, various bits of Scream fandom. Um, If you have not heard of this, I'm not spoiling anything. Uh, But I am spoiling Five Nights at Freddy's big time. So if you haven't seen it and you need to come back to it, uh, we'll have timestamps or whatever saying when it's safe to come back. But, uh, and uh, so let's let's get into it. Her 
Spyglass's idiocy surrounding Scream 7. I would like to take the viewpoint that Five Nights at Freddy's is now the unofficial official sequel to Scream 6. Why? Why do you ask? Because Why is that, Adam? <laughs> Producers note, Rob looks very upset right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, Rob. I, okay. I hate to uh, do this. But spyglass, spyglass. Like I, like, so. I, I like to make connections like this. Um, there is an undercurrent in Scream fandom that really wants Stu Mocker, played by Matthew Lillard, to come back somehow. Right? Every time there's been a new Scream movie with five and six, even four to some degree, there's always the fan theory that Stu Mocker can come back. Right? Well, this movie unintentionally or intentionally says, okay, what if Stubacher survived? And uh, what if uh, he he got out of Woodsboro and became a counselor uh, at, at the unemployment office to go even completely more crazy with this idea? First of all, murdering kids. Now, now he's taking a big step up. He's not just going after uh, people affected by Sidney Prescott. He's gone full legal, right? Puts souls of dead kids in these animatronics. Why do I say that? Because uh, his performance in the final act of Five Nights at Freddy's is probably as close as we are going to get to a return of Stumacher. And I tell you what, it is fantastic. It's uh, it's real good. And you know, the, there's a thing he says. I'm this is again this this is a spoiler. Sorry, when he says, "I always come back." It's like, yep. Oh, and dear. he also did the uh, the ghost face knife wipe. Oh, I didn't you notice it? God damn. Yep. Well, <laughs> shit. It's like, okay, yeah, the universe rides. Spyglass is taking the franchise that they're going to move <laughs> their toys elsewhere. Absolutely fantastic moment and performance uh, by Matthew Lillard in that one. And all the performances in the movie are very solid, too. It's just a fun time. Uh, but uh, as we get deeper, it does kind of just for a moment. Let's let's touch on the topic of gateway horror, as it were. This idea that well, what's appropriate for children to watch in horror movies, right? <laughs> this mainly I mainly thought about this because, man, I tell you, I saw some people just get absolutely furious about this movie like this isn't gateway horror this is, this is i show my kids about that about right <laughs> and it's like first that's creepy and second yeah. um when it comes down to it all horror movies are gateway horror movies all movies are gateway movies depending on when you watch them 
the experience that you have watching them. Like, we make fun of it a lot on the show, but I saw Robocop when I was seven years old. <laughs> uh, not appropriate, uh, but it, it still serves for how I view movies in the present day. You know? Slaves so freaked me out when I was seven. Now I can appreciate the practical effects artistry. Uh, I was going to say, so it scarred you, but in a way that was ultimately beneficial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't show <laughs> your kids. <laughs> uh, fuck up movies when they're seven. Oh. <laughs> don't. Oh, okay. It, actually, in my case, don't let your kids convince you just because you know rated R means restricted <laughs> that you can go with a friend to see Robocop. Oh, man. <laughs> because, yep, just because I knew how to read, <laughs> what's it mean? I should have been going to see Robocop. It might have been might have been a few years before I would recommend <laughs> anybody anybody see that see that movie, especially the original cut, because uh you know when uh when Clarence gets stabbed in the neck, it's like god damn. <laughs> like that was so that was so violent that they cut it out of future like Blu-ray DVD versions of the movie. It's a yeah. way shorter shot than it was initially because initially you see him get stabbed and then, you know, Robocop pulls back and you see like just three or four s giant squirts of blood come out of Clarence's neck. It's like, damn. Okay. And oddly <laughs> enough, they, they've, uh, it was a release from MGM about, probably about six, seven years back. They finally released the X cut of Robocop for the first time. So that's the one I bought on blue. <laughs> yeah, I just keep asking for it. <laughs> Can't escape. Walk right into it. At least now you're old enough to know what you're walking into. But and, it's still going to create. <laughs> like, oh, it's still going to fuck with you. But, you know, <laughs> like you said, you asked for it. Yeah. Wild how that works. Speaking of asking for it. Uh, did y'all hear that? Something's fucking going on, man. What is this shit? Alright, so speaking of asking for it, um, do y'all know what happens when someone tries to remake Silent Night, Deadly Night? Gets told no because it's too far off from the original premise and then creates their own movie without the trappings of said franchise. You get Christmas, bloody Christmas. Oddly enough, it did start off as a Silent Night, Deadly Night remake uh, before the producer said no. So it got retooled into um, probably the most batshit insane movie we're going to talk about today. That's right, Joe Bagos. Christmas, bloody Christmas, because, boy, it is a Christmas movie, and yep. It is most definitely bloody. Um, that this movie has no chill, <laughs> none. <laughs> From the very beginning, it has no chill, and it's great. 
Yeah. Uh, just the banter uh, in the, the first 30 minutes. Not where I was expecting things to go. <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely hilarious. Uh, uh, to the point where um, <laughs> they dropped the Metallica reference. But yeah, they cut the hair and it made low. <laughs> They're just cracking up. Yep. Because uh, yes, that is what that's, happened. But also, uh, at 16 years old at the time, I don't care if I'm dating myself. Or was it 18? 16? 18? 16, because Unforgiven 2 video creeped me out. And I was like, hey, that's neat. <laughs> what album is this on? Uh, so, so I was I came into Metallica in the load reload era. So I understand. It, it's a hell of a starting point. I mean, I just I started listening to Metallica with the Black Album. So I went from the Black Album to Load, and I was like, "Fuck." Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I like a fair amount of Load. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. but uh, it's not. It's just so much worse than everything that came before it. <laughs> but yeah, we can't, we, oh, we can't focus on that because no, we're no. just yeah, talking just about talk Metallica about for like we'll an say, hour. We'll, we'll save for Ramus. Ramus yeah. twenty twenty three. Um, <laughs> saying goodbye to the bullshit year that was this. Mm. Um, so, uh, this movie just damn it, what a good fun absolutely insane uh carnage fest of movie i'm sorry there, there's a parallel that i felt really strongly here and that's that uh not only this movie uh gave me such terminator vibes like you just dressed you dress the terminator in a santa claus outfit and you turn tori into a uh uh Slightly, only slightly less badass version of Sarah Connor from from ter- from the first Terminator before she was actually a badass at all. Except at the end, she kind of was. Get on your feet, Reese. Just a damn. Okay. Yep. Well, that that whole ending set piece is a uh, right out of Terminator One. Mm-hmm. With the crawling and everything. All they needed was a uh, industrial crusher, and yeah, that's the ending. I mean, she even dropped shit on on him at the end of yep. it. She pulled shelves over on him. It's like, yeah, uh, what a fun movie! The performances in it were spectacular. I hope uh, Riley Dandy as Tori. I hope she makes up ten gazillion more horrors. Because damn it, okay. that might have been like the most surprisingly commanding performance in a horror movie uh, that I've seen in some time from somebody who's relatively new to the genre because <laughs> she just owns it from the absolute beginning. Yeah, that was that was just an incredibly fun movie to watch. It's like, yeah. All right, I get it. <laughs> now it's up to, uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies. <laughs> Definitely somewhere de- someone's getting real mad that we're calling it a Christmas movie. It's, like, oh, it's it in the title. It's in movie. it's it's in the title. What do you want? It's yeah, the killer is Bloody a robot Christmas. Santa. 
the movie exactly what the title is. It is Christmas, and it also is a bloody Christmas. It's all right there. It does not lie. I I said earlier the movie has no chill in the and then you pointed out that in the dialogue it absolutely doesn't. But also in the kills, there is no chill there either. It's like nope. (laughs) It's uh, people people gonna die. Small people gonna die. Although they didn't show that. They they showed enough. They show they had to show that via they had to intimate that a, a child caught an axe with the top of their head, which, you know, as as we've talked about previously, some movies are like, fuck it, we'll just show we'll just show you. And this one decided at least to, you know, to to keep it a fucking silhouette. There we go. When uh, they were going to, you know, remove a child from the cast. Yep. Um, I really like the. Police station sequence, too. Because you have the one cop that's... Because it it goes into, like, that kind of almost rote interplay between a decent sheriff, shitty cop underling, and protagonist caught in the middle trying to be just be believed about stuff. Right? Yeah. But there's no heroic moments for those two at all. They, the, they attempt it. The sheriff in particular gets done a little bit dirty in that he, you know, when he runs around behind the ambulance and then the next time you see him, it's it's a rag doll just getting hurled through a through the window uh, back windshield of a car. Just, it's like, damn. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. Hurled onto a burning cop car. <laughs> like, that's it. You're out. Like, well, you're he's dead. The character that you thought maybe, you know, maybe you'd see more of them uh, for the rest of the movie. like, And the movie's like, no. <laughs> Hell no. He gone. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, this movie is pretty brutal because they set up characters that um you think are going to survive. And nobody gets out of this movie except for mm-hmm. except for Tori. And even she goes through it. Uh to the point where ain't gonna be no hand waving away this one. Uh, no, it's gonna, it's gonna stick forever. And I, I did like the the parallel, slight parallel to uh, the ending of Texas Chain Space Saw Massacre, nineteen seventy four. The final shot. Did somebody just laugh at Texas Chain Space Saw? Did y'all hear that? I mean, you know, some weird senses of humor out there, I guess. Okay. Um, So just to explain it so nobody thinks I'm completely crazy about this stuff. Uh, End of Chainsaw 74, you've got Sally Hardesty laughing maniacally. And you don't know if she's screaming or crying or laughing at the end. What happens at the end of this movie? Tori's laughing or screaming or crying or yelling at the end. And that's how we cut the credits. Uh, so, yeah, it's going on the official holiday rotation. Because it's a, good it, it was, it's a ton of fun. I also would not be, I don't know how it did financially or anything. I should really start looking this shit up. Uh, if it did well enough, it wouldn't shock me if they made a sequel. 
because the whole premise with the you know the defense contractor building santa robots well what's a defense contractor in the states has a uh it could be it could be very believably presented as having like way too fucking much actual power enough to enough to shush the whole event and then she gets to move on you know try to convince people this really happened until it happens again <clears throat> somehow but i'm not yeah. that good at predicting the future so i'm not going to try to do it here <clears throat> yep. uh definitely great as a one and done but if there's an opportunity to uh do a continuation right i'm for it but i'm pretty much for uh well-made christmas horror movies in general so if we're talking about well-made Christmas horror movies, we got to talk about Krampus from 2013. Uh, there are a ton of Krampus movies out there, especially if you search on Tubi. But we're specifically talking about the Michael Doherty Krampus movie that ties into trick-or-treat a little bit. But I'll let you guys discover that for yourselves. So... We've all been there, right? Family gathering, people you don't want to see, relatives that are just a complete blight at the Christmas dinner table. And then shit gets really weird. Um, uh, the effects in this movie are absolutely amazing. Um... I love the design of Krampus and all of his creepy toys and everything. And I liked how it all fit into the plot, too. Like, let's we'll start with the chimney, the attic sequence, the state of the neighborhood itself. <clears throat> Just being absolutely frozen. Yeah. A, a, the worst version of a winter war in the land. Um, and it's it's not afraid to go dark. Because again, we talk about gateway horror. Um, this is this does qualify as one of those movies, but uh, you got to be prepared because it definitely gets dark, almost delightfully so, because uh, it's pretty much a tale of what happens uh, when you lose the Christmas spirit, metaphorically, of course, but it's still there. And uh, it also drives home the idea that you cannot take back declarations like that. Once it's done, it's done. And you kind of have to live with it. And yeah, <laughs> that, that whole family ends up living with one choice for all of eternity. And it's just such a fun fun way to kind of present Christmas themes but also get at the heart of it. It's like, you know, enjoy it while you have it because once you go away from it, that's it. Um, This is my first time actually watching it all the way through because I hadn't picked up the Naughty Cut on Blu-ray yet. So this was the theatrical version and yep, it too is also going into the rotation because <laughs> it's, it's a blast uh, 
Mark, have you seen Krampus anytime before? I haven't, and I didn't get a chance to watch it for this, um, but it, it's still in my list of uh, movies that I want to watch. I, I might watch it this year. I'm hearing fun. That seems to be the theme this episode. <laughs> yeah. And as yeah. we discussed on uh, This Is Destin, for our uses of fun does not mean that the fun is bad, like the movie is bad. <laughs> I've seen that sentiment flowing or floating around lately. And stop it. <laughs> fun means fun. It is okay to have fun movies. Not everything needs to lead to a dissertation about what you thought about cinematography and shot selection and use of diegetic music. It's okay. <laughs> fun is a catch-all for just watching movies. Some of y'all need to calm down. Uh... A lot Rob. of y'all need to calm down. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Rob, what'd you think? Uh, I I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Uh, for one thing, the the toys were creepy as shit. Also, uh, I have to admit, I just had a brief moment of panic because you said 2013, and I looked it up, and there was a Krampus movie that came out in 2013. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, I watched the wrong one. But uh, thankfully, that didn't happen. But um, uh, yeah, just uh, Krampus. Oh God, the depiction of Krampus is horrifying. It's like holy shit. This this belongs in a horror video game of some sort. But yeah, that was a that was a fun watch. Uh, the dude that played Howard is always so fucking good at being just. An obnoxious blowhard D bag. He's so good at it. <laughs> yeah, especially in this. Yeah, this. Uh, there's usually like the character he usually plays is always in on the joke, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what, this character is not. This character is abrasive all the way through, almost yeah. uncomfortably so. The point's like, oh, wait. <laughs> He's doing this a little too good. Do I need to go? <laughs> do I need to go? Search I need to, ch- to, make I need sure to check your social media shit? history. Did you? Did you just lose your goddamn mind? But <laughs> like, let let me hope that you're not in the news for the wrong reasons. Yeah, because this this feels a little too close to home. <laughs> and the the children are all like just the right level of obnoxious. Except for except for Max, yeah, yeah. It just it's 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 so too bad fun. that Max Max is the one that uh, dooms them all to the underworld. But at <laughs> least he has the uh, the courtesy to join them <clears throat> instead of being left I on think Earth. You just gave it away for Mark. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Good thing I zoned out there and didn't hear what you said. Okay, don't don't listen, <laughs> don't listen to, that to that part. Part. <laughs> oh, dude! I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn it! I was gonna I was gonna talk about a specific shot at the end too, so I'm glad I didn't also do that. Yeah. Let, let, let we'll uh, any final thoughts on on the tone of Krampus? The tone of Krampus is excellent. It's a fun watch. Watch it. You will not regret it. There. I think I mentioned the effects already. The toys were incredibly creepy. 
the little gingerbread men were kind of perfect because they weren't creepy. They were just mean little shits. <laughs> yeah. This great yeah. stuff all the way through. Speaking of people who are in the news for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> One of those gingerbread men was voiced by a future co-creator of uh, Rick and Morty. Oh, no. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> oh. oh, are those the... Uh, the other two were like Seth Green and... Uh... I'm not sure who the other person is. I'm not either. And it, it, the sad part is I was just looking at the IMDb page due to my earlier panic about thinking I watched the wrong damn movie. <laughs> uh, Bre- Breen Burns, voice actor yeah. known for Invader Zim. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, definitely can't discuss Gingerman Clumpy anymore concerning <laughs> this movie. Uh, yeah, you just gotta cause, gotta consign him to the mist of reality. Put him in the cornfield of discourse, never to be spoken about again. You said cornfield of discourse. <laughs> yes. Damn. <laughs> yeah, so, that's uh, that's all very unfortunate. It's a good thing we got two other movies we can talk about. That's right. Uh, we're back to recent stuff. Extremely recent stuff. Uh, just hit Shutter on December 1st. Uh, there will be spoilers. Talking about this movie because you can't talk about this movie without spoilers. That's right. It's a wonderful knife. Now, as far as premises go, uh, Christmas horror premises, I'm still waiting on one that expands the uh, It's a Wonderful Life of Zombies segment in 976 Evil Part 2. I'll paste a link to all of you later. But this one is right up there. Um, It is literally It's a Wonderful Life with slasher trappings. And the slasher trappings of this are fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And while we're here, before we really get into it, Justin Long uh, is amazing in this movie. And we brought up how great he was playing such a dickbag in Barbarian. But I think he tops that in this. Um, mainly because so of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just we that that particular character um, has kind of permeated sensationalized news for the past seven years, and it was just. It was just creepy how much, how dialed in he was into that character. Because for every horrible thing he was able to pull off in Barbarian, this movie's worst. Uh, worse. So much this- worse. <laughs> he, uh, wow. he does have one of the movie's best lines almost immediately, though. <laughs> and I'm going to say it because uh, 
this shit is great. Fuck the rest. I'm the best is literally the tagline for his real estate company. <laughs> it's just like, that's bold. <laughs> that is, especially since it's coming out of Justin Long, who is this, I uh, just, I don't know how to describe him. Just not like you would expect someone who says that to look really impressive. And man, he doesn't. <laughs> he, he just doesn't. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever wanted to see Justin Long with shitty veneers, <laughs> horrible spray tan, and uh, a dye job that did not take well, It's a Wonderful Life is the movie for you. Oh, God. I just realized he's who he is. Yep. I'm not going to yeah, um, not going to say it. Yeah. Not gonna say it. That name is banned. Yeah. <laughs> that name is also assigned to the cornfield of discourse for all eternity. Why do you think things you are may so have bad? Because <laughs> we never put him in the cornfield in the first place. Yeah, you may have to but, remind me of that before uh, rant mess happens. Just yes. so you know. Yes. yes. But yeah, this uh, the character is fantastic. It's just mm-hmm. fantastically played on top of it. So, yeah, that uh, goddamn now that parallels running in my brain, and I can't, I can't <laughs> turn it off. I think. Um, speaking of characters, that particular uh, shitty person is based off of this movie reminded me of what could have happened to 1985 a in back to the future part two. Uh, it had that kind of undertone. Um, the premise of the movie is pretty much like the premise of it's a wonderful life. Characters going through some shit. They say they wish they were never born. And through the magic of the holiday season, they're shown exactly what happens if they were not born. Um, there is a Clarence involved, but there's also a twist. Uh, so a twist, a twist that I will have to put up spoiler warnings about because it's very uh, important. Um, I was wait. <laughs> I was just about to say, allow me to thoroughly explain the twist without any warning. <laughs> Not going to warn you. Not going to do that at all. So, uh, let's see. Where do, we, where do we get to the surface level stuff before we actually start talking about it? Um, the design for the killer. Instant classic, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, signature weapon. Uh, right there as well. Very, very well designed in that regard. And it, it gets sneakily revealed to you before you have any idea that there's a killer, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, this story is, like I said, it is a wonderful life, but with the slasher and some alternate universe shenanigans or ultimate, oh, excuse me, ultimate reality shenanigans uh there is no it's a wonderful knife verse 
folks. Don't don't start. Um, there might be a big gigantic crossover with Freaky and Happy Death Day eventually. But who knows? We'll see. So, um, I think to talk about this movie, we do have to get into the specifics of it. As we know, the, the premise of It's a Wonderful Life involves Clarence, uh, the guardian angel, spirit, whatever you want to call it, this guardian figure that guides, uh, guides the character through events to get them to come to the realization that they are needed. Um, but this movie does something very unexpected and very welcome for the holidays is that it positions the main character to be Clarence and not for them to need this reassurance that they are valued. Uh, they know that they are valued. It's making other people see that. In with uh, what Bernie's going through, uh, that that reveal when she says that she was going to make that Christmas her last Christmas, yep, like, just heartbreak. Like, like we we had a brief discussion about this before the show, and I said one of the movies we're going to talk about today made me feel feelings, and it was this one because. Uh, especially the bit where she where she says to Bernie, uh, you know, you matter. And I was just like, no, you are not allowed to make me cry. <laughs> but it it did. It's just like, God damn. Because uh, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people never get told that. Right. And a lot of people need to. Yeah. Yeah, especially... Not just in general, but especially during the holidays. Yeah. Um, uh, you all probably know that this time of the year is rough, uh, beyond rough for people. It is a very ta emotionally taxing time for lots of people across the world. Um, especially in times like these, when we're uh, so encumbered by strife and everything going on. Um, it is very important that these messages are, are said in a widespread manner because you never know when somebody can be reassured by it. Um, and I, I do think that this movie will kind of be that for some people, uh, especially with, with its sentiment. Because at its at its core, it is a very life affirming movie. Um, you know, it movies generally any movie can be, but this one especially sets out to remind people that they matter. So, uh, yeah, it's just no pun intended, but it is absolutely wonderful. Christmas Young. Because we, as we know, we do need to see this uh, repeated, the sentiment repeated in the hopes that we all finally get it in order to be able to move on 
from everything that ails us. So, yeah. Uh, all hail movies. Because, yeah, this one just it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I I can't recommend watching this enough. Just it's on uh Shutter or AMC Plus. You know, however yeah. however you get to Shutter, you got uh, you know an hour and a half to spare at some point. You should definitely spend it or uh, spend it watching this movie. We're gonna have to set up uh, the spoiler flare. <laughs> just one of us, just like just like this, holding up the spoiler flare. So one of us got to take our head, our uh, our headphones off. Uh, what the hey, what the fuck was that? I don't know. I don't know anymore. But I do think we need to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. I do think we need to discuss these damn things that have been ruining this episode ever since it began. They've been laughing at us. They're messing with the theme. Uh, we didn't get our disco stuff this year, this episode. So we need to talk about the pint-sized elephant in the room. It's got scales. It's got claws. Sometimes it has red eyes. That's right. We're talking about one of the best holiday movies of all time. Gremlins. Even as they laugh at us. Gremlins, that wonderful, enjoyable holiday classic in which a young boy learns that he has no accountability skills right out of the jump. Watching this back now as an adult, I, I love the mythic side story to it all. How it's kind of laid out as a fable. You know, you got the rules. They don't like bright light. Sunlight will kill them. Don't get them wet. Whatever you do, don't feed them after midnight. And I like that they're established up front. If only because they're broken immediately. Yeah. Instantly. It's like, Billy, you don't listen? <laughs> uh, something that I kind of noticed for, I don't know if it was for the first time, but I definitely noticed on this rewatch is how casually, casually they just both watch Gizmo like writhing in agony as he is spawning a uh, new Mogwai because they dumped paint water all over him. It's like, man, what is... <laughs> How are you just watching this happen? How are you not panicking? What, what you, what, what's wrong with you? And then Billy's clueless because he's like, oh, it's just paint water. It's like, no, dummy. <laughs> it was water. You forced him to give birth five times in a row. It's like, damn. <laughs> so, yeah, um, this is almost... Almost the inverse of, of It's a Wonderful Life in the sense that, Billy, if you didn't do all this shit. Yeah, none of this would If happen. you just minded your business and, and took care of the little Mogwai. Now, there, I mean, there is a positive. And you know what it is. If you don't know what it is, I'll be more than happy to, to elucidate. 
Cause uh, fuck a Mrs. Deagle. <laughs> <laughs> she deserved exactly what happened to her. <laughs> now, I'm trying to figure out how in the hell does nobody just bust her up in the bank? <laughs> like, like she just comes stopping and cutting and stuff, trying to use neighbor privileges and everything. Well, that's a that's a good indicator of when that movie came out, <laughs> and the fact that they were in a small town. This is true. Yes, because if you, yeah, like you said, you pulled that shit even in nineteen in the nineteen eighties. You tried to do that in a city. Somebody in that line's probably going to pop you one, or at yep. least, or at least confront you verbally. Be like, "What the fuck do you think you're doing? You can't just go to the front of the line because you're old, white, and rich. Because <clears throat> you own half the town. Oh man, we went from a movie where someone is trying to own a whole town to another movie where someone actually does own a bunch of a a bunch of the town. Yeah." How'd that, how that works? It's like it's like this was constructed on purpose or something. Yeah, it's like I, I it's like I picked every one of these movies for a reason. What? It's crazy. What's, what's going on? Uh, so, um, on a rewatch, this is so baffling how they just they just ignore everything and all the trouble is of their own making, which is the point. <laughs> you know, um, I mean it. It, at least the first, like the first feeding after midnight, like okay, they tricked, they tricked him. Fair enough. No, that's your first, not your first indicator, but uh, just another indicator that. Uh, and uh, actually, now I kind of wonder what made them such little shitheads. Was it just the trauma of how they were born? <laughs> like, is that um, what did it? Oh, well, I think. So Gizmo's like the last of the Mogwai, right? And this is all conjecture. I know how people get it. They go, it's not part of the lore. I don't care <laughs> about lore, folks. <laughs> Y'all know this by now. Damn near is, 80 episodes. Okay, but the shit. Is Gremlins lore? I kind of <laughs> wonder. Yeah, because uh, this is going to be a sidebar, but it's Gremlins are related. But um, just on a whim, I looked up the Mountain Dew commercial from a couple of years ago. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Where it's Billy and Gizmo, like thirty years later, and uh, they're sitting. Uh, you guys can look at this up on YouTube, but if you don't want to, I'm going to describe it. So they're on a the couch, and Billy's drinking Mountain Dew, the zero sugar one, or whatever, and Gizmo's, you know, yapping along, and Billy's like, "You want some of Mountain Dew? It just tastes just like the original because they got to sell product." And he's like, be careful. So what does Gizmo do? He dribbles all over himself. <laughs> and out pop the offspring. Um, I think that they are his darker side. But the reason why I say there's lore is because, I, unfortunately, I scrolled down. You're probably starting laughing because he knows. Whatever mm -hmm. I say, unfortunately, on a internet article is always because I scroll down. Yeah. Um, I scroll down and somebody wrote like three paragraphs 
on on the history of the Mogwai. Oh, based on what the? Just... Well, here's the thing. Um, so they wrote all this stuff, right? And uh, the next comment was, "Yeah, Joe Dante said that wasn't canon because it was all based on novelization." <laughs> Man, so you know what oh. that means, right? <laughs> the lore is whatever the fuck you make up. I was gonna say then, if the shit that's actually been written down by someone is not like the official lore, then there isn't any, and you can say whatever the fuck you want. I, but uh, but that tripped me. That tripped me out. But anyway, like as to why the gremlins are so shitty, I think it's it's a advent of a. <laughs> we have a producer's note. Uh, Mogwai is Cantonese for devil. Do we need more than that? No, we do not. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it works. I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you break the rules, something bad's going to happen. That's why. There are rules. You don't break them to keep the thing you don't want happening from happening. So, you know, breaking the rules brings off a darker element. And what is more frightening than your new pet companion uh, unwillingly giving birth to little shitty monster creatures that look almost like him, right? <laughs> it's right there. It sucks. So they just keep making it worse. Yep. It's the 80s, so... <laughs> Gizmo gets experimented on. Oh, wait, no, one of the offspring gets experimented on. They just keep torturing Gizmo. Uh, yeah. Hey, watch what happens when I do this. It's like, what the... What the hell, Billy? What is wrong with you? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. It's wild. No, he no, he does because he brings he Gizmo is the one that spawns the one yeah, that uh, the one that kills the teacher. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, Gremlins is damn near forty years old at this point. It, um, if you haven't seen it, oh fuck me, it does turn for God. I, I I don't know what to tell you if you haven't seen it. If you haven't watched Gremlins, you should watch Gremlins because I got nothing. It was released the same weekend as Ghostbusters, so if you haven't seen Ghostbusters either... <laughs> you should watch that, too. Yes. Oh, my God. You should especially watch Ghostbusters because part two is a Christmas movie, and uh, we're going to be covering it next year. All of them. Yes, even 2016, because it is a Ghostbusters movie. And if you don't think it is, there's something wrong with you. So... So you can not like a thing and still acknowledge that it's what it is. Okay, audience? That's it's okay. You're allowed. I I, I read that that Dante felt like there was one scene in particular that encapsulated the whole movie. Uh, do you want to talk about uh Kate's story about Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, There's a uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak this in real quick and then we can talk about it more. Um, th there's no way in hell a bunch of kids didn't get got by this movie, right? 
Like <laughs> parents saw the poster and thought, oh, look at this cute little guy. This can't be anything bad. And then they had to sit through that scene. And some of them came out of that shit traumatized. Yeah. Especially if any of them happened to not have their dad around for some reason. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's the uh, it's the E.T. effect, right? So oh. E.T. comes out and everybody gets duped in a thing that uh, movies that either have aliens or cute creatures are going to be okay. But even E.T. is messed up because they do that uh, live autopsy, autopsy scene, right? Part where so, he and Elliot are both fucking dead. Or, uh, robots, no, or robots to transform. <clears throat> <laughs> Still mad about what happened to Wind Charger. Um, so... <laughs> It ain't That's right. A deep cut. You really have to be watching the movie if you know that one. You ain't right, Hasbro. We know you <laughs> did that shit to sell toys, fuckers. Excuse me. Uh, uh but yeah, um besides Barney the dog, which is one of the best dogs in film of all time. Uh Phoebe Cates as Kate is this movie's secret weapon if not outright stealing it from everybody else can we can we talk about the bar scene yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i i had completely forgotten that there's a whole like five minute segment where she's just tr where not only have the gremlins invaded and trashed the bar but she's trying to tend bar for them <laughs> Amazing. Oh my God. There's like a hundred, like a hundred of those things in there, right? Just absolutely nuts going full Looney Tunes in that joint. And the most you get out of her before Billy rescues her is, I hope you, one of you doesn't bite me. <laughs> and she just goes through, just trying to keep them all sated. And this is after she gets shot at. <laughs> I, I want I, I'm not sure what my favorite bit of that is but I'm pretty sure it's when she goes to light like the three cigarettes in one of the in one of them's mouth and it's like hey stop that shit <laughs> and then she figures out that the that they don't like they don't care for the lights <laughs> either that or when stripe shoots the shoots the one cheating at cards <laughs> and it's like man how did he get a gun where did that come from no, I was just gonna, that that whole scene is so good. Yeah, this is how good that scene is. That scene is so good; it is probably responsible for the entirety of Gremlins Two: The New Batch. Uh, either that, or if the Key and Peele Key and Peele segment was actually true. It's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those movies along with RoboCop that I saw multiple times before 10 years old. Um, the microwave. Oh, oh. God. Oh, hey, can we real quick talk about Billy's mom and how quickly she figures out that those things need to be fucking dead? Because yeah. 
in like 30 seconds she she blends one she stabs the fuck out of a second one and then as mark just mentioned uh microwaves a third one that's such a nasty sound like i'd completely forgotten uh just how hard she went from the jump she fucks them up she sees them having escaped from their eggs she sees one in the kitchen. She's like, all right, blender. All right, there's a knife here. Okay, microwave. Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, god damn. Uh, that sound effect when the microwave one happened. So I was like, oh, oh. I had Gremlins the Adventure for the Commodore 64. You had to do the microwave. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Commodore 64 point and clicks frequently <laughs> didn't give a shit. Nope, <laughs> I died in the Spider Man one many times. Oh my goodness! Uh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's talk about a movie that has never been duplicated, even its own sequel was pretty much a parody of the bar scene, right. And uh, just can't do it again. Not only that, but uh, he who shall not be named yet again. Oh, yes. is he in that movie? No, um, um, not directly. Not directly. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't have to be direct. There is a guy who has an entire building dedicated to himself with his own network. Yeah. Shit. It's- <laughs> it's, uh, God damn it! Bad. Uh, Do you man. think we'll ever get a Gremlins three? Eventually, um, but the charm will not. Well, I don't want to say will not be there. It doesn't have a great chance of being yeah, there. I the, don't think the charm's going to be hard to replicate. Um, it's a different different atmosphere. I, had, now, had I, think, this... I do think there's a I just thought of this one but here it is okay Sweet. planes, trains, and automobiles but it's Billy and Gizmo gremlins? oh no <laughs> Billy oh. bubbling across the country trying to get home for Christmas um, with Gizmo in tow. And, and what uh, if what if the reason that he had him in tow is because everyone's realized that he's the cause of the gremlins, so they want to eliminate to kill him. him. Yeah, <laughs> I read that that was the uh, the gist of the last script that was out there, dark and twisted. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, but. Uh... I don't think it's good. Yeah, I like I just had thought of them just trying to get back. So Billy's bumbling and Gizmo's there and something happens every mode of transportation. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to clean up the mess. Yeah, the way I want going. that movie to go is basically just Billy leaving deposits of gremlins all across <laughs> the country. 
he yep. has to keep breaking one of the rules in each yep. situation. Yeah. <laughs> like he forgets he forgets to set his watch back in time zone. <laughs> God damn it, Billy. That's perfect. <laughs> He lets him have a snack, thinking it's okay. <laughs> and then when he see he sees a bunch of eggs in like the back of the luggage car, it's like I'm just gonna get off this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then you could finally do the uh, gremlins on the wing spot. Who do we contact about this? Make yeah, this happen. Yeah, I have lots of ideas. <laughs> Too many for who, my brain. Who would want to do this? And I'm sure that that list is populated by somebody. There's some studio who would be like, oh, yeah, we could do that. Just bring it to Lionsgate. They'll find somebody. <laughs> That's a funny thought. Well, funny for some people, especially funny for me. Because <laughs> you know how anytime a, 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 a continuation like this would have needs a, a new cast member to kind of really sell the movie. Like they would go for somebody, but they probably get like Kevin Hart. <laughs> but he's the size of the gremlins. That would yeah. be <laughs> it's even funny. Someone mistakes him for the gremlins. Really gremlins, folks. We're just being silly here during the holidays. We're kidding. <laughs> We're fooling around. Someone's gonna get real mad. <laughs> we're gonna Kevin, Hart. Kevin Hart's funny it's like we didn't say that <laughs> so we didn't say he's not funny we said he's small yeah, and not even he that. is you small can, you can just he say knows he's small. space efficient space efficient <laughs> he knows he's small he's parlayed that shit into a ton of comedy specials and movies part of his <sighs> character no matter what he's doing well as, as long as it's comedy anyway no matter what he's doing <laughs> Yeah, that Borderlands movie is going to be interesting. Um, so, <laughs> damn it! I'm going to have to watch sorry, that Ron. one too. Sorry, didn't. didn't I just, I, I just, I'm just. just I'm just. It, stop! It, stop doing bad jobs with video game adaptations. They can <laughs> be fun. done well. They've been done well. Just, just stop fucking around. I punched <laughs> my desk. That's how mad I am about this. <laughs> Fuck you, UA Bowl. Oh shit, I said it out loud. <laughs> Son of a bitch. We got a producer's note. So we're going to edit out the dead space. Not the game, because the game's awesome. But uh, we're going to take a look at this link and get back to you. Hold on one second. I remember seeing boxes of this shit. Man, here's also how you know uh, how old this movie is. The gizmo toy that they made was $9.95. <laughs> that man would be $50 if they made him today yep uh, let me see aha they do have it so um, again this is one of those movies that creeped me out when I was young right uh, not so much for the movie because they had this product called water hatchers. Do y'all remember this? 
at all. It uh, sounds water familiar. Hatchets were exactly what they are. You would put the uh, gelatinous substance into a bowl of water and it would turn, it would expand into a gremlin. Oh, oh hell no. Mm. Not sure how I feel about that. So I had one of those. Um, that must have been four or five or six or something at the time. Probably five. Because came out in 1984. Probably got it on video. And yeah. So I had a water hatcher when I was a kid. And we put it in a bowl of water. Let it sit for a little bit. Um. Uh, so that thing grew to take up the entire bowl, and this wasn't like a small bowl. Uh, it was one of those like big Tupperware joints. <laughs> oh. Hell no! Yes, yes. Oh, uh, it was the one on the right, actually. But uh, that thing took up the size of the entire bowl. So it was much bigger than that picture. Um, Needless to say, it scared the absolute shit out of me <laughs> to the point where unfortunately due to the color it did look like a giant pile of shit and my family was so freaked out what did we do something you cannot do today because it was the 80s we flushed it down the toilet oh, oh no <laughs> And for a while after that, I thought that jerk was going to come back up. <laughs> you get caught pooping. <laughs> ah, oh, man. It didn't just horrify kids in the movie. It horrified them outside the movie. Ask me how I know, because I just told you. <laughs> That movie had to had to make it had to make a lot of money uh, yeah. from merch. Uh, not just merch. Um, the reason why I got a sequel is because on a budget of eleven of million, million <laughs> it made two hundred twelve million dollars. Ah, damn! Two hundred thirteen, if you round it. That's impressive. That's damn. Yep. It's a shame about the sequel. Sequel's fun. Uh, it's it's fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh the like the practical effects in that movie were uh, all really good and unfortunately also all kind of grotesque. <laughs> kind of kind of unpleasant. Yep. <clears throat> 
Yeah, it was a it was a blast to revisit Gremlins. Yeah, time. I have. I don't remember when the last time I watched that was before this weekend, but it had been a hot minute. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for uh, our movie coverage. I think. I think they've stopped laughing at us, and if they stop laughing at us, that means. God <laughs> oh, damn it! They got us again. That means sons of bitches. Uh, we're out of here. Um, this is going to be pretty much our last regular episode of 2023. Uh, you know us, though. Uh, there are a couple of things we have to get our off our respective tests. Uh, so you might be hearing from us again around the end of the year. Um. Personally, I want to thank everybody that listens. Uh, I want to thank Mark and Rob. I want to thank Carlos. Uh, doing, getting able to, being able to uh, do this podcast again this year has been uh, both a privilege and a reward because it is uh, a lot of fun uh, being able to talk about this stuff with you guys. So, thank you. <laughs> it's very funny because uh, my brain is such that I was going to say you're welcome. <laughs> Which, like, man, what the what the hell? Uh, I greatly appreciate that y'all brought me on for this, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Is frequently the bright spot of my week, the week we record. <laughs> so, well, Rob, we got more for you. There's a little show based on the X Men that you can always drop by for. If and I should take up, if not take up the third chair on that. So, uh, with that said, uh, this has been the holiday episode of It's a Damage Lots of Podcast. We will be back with our regular format sometime in 2024 in January, depending on how the weeks shake out. Uh, but until then, uh, if you don't listen to us yell about stuff by the end of the year, uh, have a great holiday season. Please try to enjoy yourselves to the best of your ability if you're able to do so. Um, I hope you all are, get or get close to whatever it is you need to keep moving on. Uh, and with that, we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Happy holidays, y'all. Bye-bye. Woof, woof.